And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, but Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io or click the link in the show notes to learn more. All right, friends, I don't think it's any great secret that I love, love, love interviewing thought leaders around the women's space, women founders, capital for women, all of these things. And I have to tell you that today's guest is a little bit of a hero of mine. And I've told her this before, she's aware, but we have with us today, Kelly Seavers, Managing Director of Women's Capital Connection, a partner of 1KC for Women. And it has been an absolute joy and privilege and honor to watch 1KC for Women and all of the different verticals that they have and all of the initiatives and programs that they put in place around the Kansas City area to support women. But in particular, Kelly has always been uh, someone that I wanted to get to know a little bit more. She has excellent taste in t-shirts. And <laughs> Kelly, I am just so, so glad to have you here on the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Lauren, the hero remark goes back at you, girl. Uh, well, I certainly appreciate that. But, you know, even from my early, early days with Innovate Her, I always kept an eye on 1KC for women and Women's Capital Connection. And it was always Kelly Seavers. That's the one that I want to watch. That's the leader that I want to emulate. So super excited to have you here today. And we're going to go ahead and just kick it off. And I'm going to ask you, Kelly, tell us about your journey. Oh, tell you about my journey. How long do you have? I, it um, is a big question. <laughs> it's a big question. And, and I've had a few years on this planet so far too. So, um, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm not going to go all the way back, but I'm going to go pretty far back in, in saying that, um, you know, I was very fortunate in that I grew up with um, wonderful parents but a father who was a true entrepreneur. And I, you know, and I am an only child. And my dad was a very type A guy's guy. Um, but he always was very, um, uh, you know, he always kind of said, you know, you he always wanted to listen to my ideas. And, oh, you know, he wasn't this, you can be president, you can do anything. But he always just... I never felt like he, you know, wanted a boy or that I was um, anything less than anything. And so my dad was my true mentor. And I, I was, again, I was fortunate enough to grow up with, with um, a man who believed in me and I got to watch the highs and lows and things of, um, of a, a business owner parent. And I learned so much. And to this day, I, um, 
lots of sayings and they might, they'll probably come out of my mouth here today too. A lot of things I thought about, a lot of directions I took were because I had the support and guidance from my entrepreneurial father. Um, so as a young person, again, watching uh, a parent as an entrepreneur, um, I, I grew up in Northern Iowa. I went to school at Iowa State, go clones. Um, <laughs> but when I got, when I got out of, um, of college, I remember uh, taking a job for a year. I, well, actually a friend of mine lived in Kansas City. And so I can't, that's how I got to Kansas City. Um, I came here for a visit and she said, why don't you get a job and move here? Well, my first job here in Kansas City was with uh, Junior Achievement as um, a high school program director. So I went, it was a very wonderful job for a 25 year old um, because I got to meet a lot of, of corporate folks who were kind of forced to volunteer, you know, but they were all young professional people. And I got to know Kansas City really well because I went all around to different uh, high schools to do presentations. I went around to all different, that's when these junior achievement companies would meet in the evenings. And I was all the way from peculiar to, you know, Liberty to all over this city. So I got to know the city well as a newbie in Kansas City. And I also got to meet a whole bunch of young professional people that were my age. So that that job was phenomenal, but I had it for maybe about a year. And I thought to myself, you know, I really need to own my own business. Retail sounds fun. <laughs> so Really? That yeah, was so yeah. Good, huh? Okay. All right. That was, that I mean, was, you, were, you were young. Maybe you didn't know yes. yet. <laughs> I didn't know yet. Um, so I just remember I had no money at all, but my dad, you know, he's like, well, I'll help. I'll help fund that, but I don't know anything about retail. And my parents didn't live in Kansas City either. Mm-hmm. So so um, I did get some funding and I actually purchased the gift shop out in the Doubletree Hotel in Corporate Woods. Believe it or not, the gift shops were independently owned. And huh. um, and I ran that for about eight months. And then I we bought the gift shop at the uh, Embassy Suites Hotel down by Westport. So this is, I'm really dating myself here, but I will. So this was in the mid eighties and I, that, so computers were just kind of getting going. So, but, so I had to learn how to do payroll in Kansas and payroll in Missouri. And I could only hire, you know, the, the gift shops were open 7am till 10pm, seven days a week. I had to hire the only people that would work for the money I was paying them were old ladies and high school students, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was really quite a lesson in like, just a throw you into the fire. Like I say, do you know, employing a bunch of people, but not really, I mean, I never made a ton of money because I had to put money back in inventory and everything. So once, so once I kind of, I had those gift shops for about five years and then, um, I, I needed to sell them because I couldn't really get more customers that were outside the hotels. Yeah. You know, they were pretty limited. Sure. So, um, so yeah, so I was going through a business broker to sell those. And I remember him saying, well, there's a, a store for sale on the plaza called Scandia down. And, um, 
So I bought it and I hadn't sold my gift shops yet. And anyway, I sold those a few months later. And so I, 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 I found a, a business that I could grow and expand and, um, have, you know, hire more professional folks and, um, and all of that. So, um, so I, I, I embarked on that journey on the plaza. I, I grew and relocated that store twice, um, and expanded it, um, in the 13 years I owned it and I sold it 20 years ago. Well, I, after I sold that, I had no idea what I was going to do with myself because as an adult, you know, I was like, I can't go to work for Sprint, right? You know, I've never done anything but own my own business. (laughs) So, so I, that's when I came to the woman who was running the women's business center at the time, uh, Sandy Licata is her name and, um, or Sandy Bartow. Anyway, I, um, I came to her cause I knew her through my banker. Um, and I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? And believe it or not, she's like, well, there's a position open here at the women's business center. Um, really just helping creating programming for, you know, entrepreneurs and, um, why don't you, uh, but yeah, come and interview for that. And so I did, and it was wonderful timing because, and so I, I came as the client services manager at the women's business center, wonderful timing. I had two small kids at the time and I, I could, I could close my office door at the end of every day. That was kind of my thing. Yeah. You can't do that when you're in retail, right? When you own your own retail. You can't do that when you own your own business. You just yeah. can't, you know? And, um, it was funny because then at, we were doing the, at that time, well, and they still have it, but um, Kaufman had the fast track new venture program. Yeah. And yeah. And so I, I became a facilitator for that and, and we did fast track new venture for women. And um, I remember facilitating those classes and somebody asking me, so in your business, how many hours a day did you work? <laughs> at her, you were I like looked, 40. <laughs> I said, all of them, right? I mean, all of them. And, um, yeah, so I, I, it was, it was, it was an interesting space for me and I loved it. And I spent a couple years doing that. And then that's when mid America angels had gotten started here. So the women's business center, um, is under the umbrella of the enterprise center in Johnson County which is an economic support organization and the the women's business centers, there's about 150 of them around the country, I think. And they have to have a parent uh, organization. So, so ours was under the, under ECJC umbrella and, um, and the mid America angels uh, group had gotten started in 2006 um, under the ECJC umbrella. And um, you know, surprise, surprise, it was made up of all guys. And yeah. But there were no angel groups in the city at the time. There were none. And so it was kind of, it, it had gotten started in mid 2006 and, um, 
we had some women accredited women investors who were tied in with the women's uh, business center as mentors and things and kind of came to us to say, we, you know, Hey, we want to learn about angel investing. And so we, we encouraged them to go to a mid America angel meeting and some of them came out of the meeting like, Hey, this is awesome, but they're talking a lot of new lingo for us, you know, um, valuations, term sheets where we need to, we really need to get educated. Plus, plus, you know, we really would like to invest in other women who hadn't maybe, you know, identified with, you know, finding investors and things like that. So, well, and re- really quick, I just, for our listeners, I want to provide a little bit of context because you're, you're talking about this at a time when this was not the, the issue of women receiving funding for their businesses, equitable funding. That was not a topic that was at the front, forefront of anyone's mind at that Not point, at all. Right? No, not at all. Nope. Yeah, so, yeah. So you were you were a little bit of a an early adopter slash innovator <laughs> slash disruptor, even in having these kinds of conversations. So so continue, but just to make sure that we're all on the same page, this yep. was this was new news for people. <laughs> Very new. I mean, again, yeah, this is 2007. And um and yeah, so um so we decided to start, so we had, we had some champions, some women, again, some champion women that would, we had these cocktail parties in these women's homes. They offered up their homes like, and, and brought in a, you know, a bunch of people they knew through either their work life or their, just their life in general. Um, hey, are you interested in learning more about um, women funding women in the, invest equity investment space. And, um, you know, so in January of 08, we started women's capital connection. We were hoping to start with about a dozen women and we started with 33 women investors. I know it was really double. Well done. (laughs) It was like, yay. Um, but we knew we had to tie ourselves, we, we wanted to uh, tie ourselves in with Mid-America Angels in that, hey, we've got to get educated in this space. Yeah. You know, what do we look for? How do we look at um, different investments? And and I kind of I kind of laugh now and I tell this story to lots of people, but it was like when we first started, we were going to, and again, remember back in January of 08, we were going to invest in women CEOs in the Kansas City metropolitan area that were wanting to raise equity investment. <laughs> and we, I laugh. I'm like, yeah, all two of those companies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Well, and I mean, that honestly, like that is still, the pipeline problem is still an issue that we have today. Although I, you know, full acknowledgement of the fact that things are getting better. We're starting to see more uh, tech-led, more scale, highly scalable companies founded by women. Uh, but it, it's still, there's still a lot of inequity in what we see in the numbers. And so, oh, yes. so again, you were just kind of at the forefront of this very, this new conversation and this new need. How do oh, we yeah. support female founders on their journeys? Um, so, so just 
so impressed by that. But what, what was the next step? We're, we're coming together to learn about that shared vernacular, um, coming to uh, so bridging some gaps around knowledge, bridging some gaps around capital. Um, but these conversations are just starting. So what's the next step? Well, we, you know, the first, so now how many years has that been? 16 years, you know, and I, I kind of talk, I'll go up to 2019 was our biggest, biggest year for Women's Capital Connection right yeah. before COVID. But anyway, um, you know, for the first, what, 12 years, we did more, there was more activity in the last, those last like 16, 17, 18, 19 than there were in the first eight years of our existence. Incredible. You know, again, we decided we, it took us a little time, but we decided, okay, we're not just going to look in Kansas City. Yes, we love Midwest deals, still love Midwest deals, but we have to look throughout the country, you know, for good women-led deals. Um, so we expanded our our reach geographically. We also expanded our reach um you know, we have to have a woman that's in a C-level position in a company. Yeah. And um, it, does, it doesn't have to be the CEO, but it's um, they need to be in day-to-day operations of the company. Sure. Um, years ago, I think I was at, a, at an Invest Midwest um, event here in, in, when it was in Kansas City. I can't remember when it was, mid, maybe 2014, 15 and I remember there was a company presenting and it was all guys in the management and they were presenting, but what they had, and again, I, I can't recall what it was, their, their, what they were, uh, what their company was about, but it was all targeted to women. Like the, their customer was women, yet they had no women on their management team. And, um, and I remember this guy coming up to me afterwards. I don't know if it was a CEO. I think it was. And he came up to me. And he's like, oh, we really would like to get in front of Women's Capital Connection because, you know, you're, all your members will, will get it. And I'm like, well, where's the woman on your management team? And I remember him saying, oh, you know, my wife is really involved. And I'm like, oh, wrong answer. <laughs> wrong answer. Kelly, I had a conversation. I'm so sorry. This was, this like made me so angry that I have to share this oh. with you. I had a conversation with a founder not too long ago, and we were talking about the lack of women on his, his team. And he was like, well, my wife, so his wife is not a part of day-to-day operations at all, is not a member of the C-suite. Yeah. Like we had talked about that. And he was like, well, she's practically a founder because when I, if I die or something happens to me, she gets to inherit my half of the company. And I was like, those things aren't the same at all. (laughs) I I appreciate that inheritance is a part of your equity strategy, but it's not the same. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It is just, it's a big pet peeve of mine too. I just, and I go in to mentor for so many different um, you know, just in all the years with pipeline, with tech stars, with all these things. And I'd go to like the, when they're the sprint accelerator. And I just remember I'd go to like watch them practice like demo day kind of, you know, pitches and things like that. And nothing gets me worked up more than when they say, oh, we have a really diverse team and they throw a slide up of like six guys. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, how do you say, well, maybe one was, you know, African-American or one was, and I'm just like, okay, now I'm, I'm looking at the diversity from the gender standpoint. Okay? Sure. I mean, companies, all the, oh, that companies that are led by both men and women, or at least have both men and women um, in management do so much better. I mean, statistics show they do so much better overall because you need that perspective from both genders. You need it um, in order to be successful. So I just, I, that is a real big pet peeve of mine. And a lot of times people understood that, um, you know, and they would kind of look at my face too, when the slide went up or something, this is our team. I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, I, when we're talking about diversity, I, I mean, I am absolutely thrilled anytime I see people of color on a leadership sure. team, you know, let us not, you know, conflate the two. It's not the same. You need to have gender diversity. You need to have uh, race diversity. You need, basically, you need to have people who represent such varied backgrounds that you're, you're getting all perspectives from your leadership. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So- so important. And again, you know, in my world, I tend to look at the gender diversity. That's like where I get pretty laser focused on that. But we we had Brandon Calloway on the show not too long ago. And I asked him and I'm going to ask you, like, when you walk into a room, you scan, right? Like you walk into a room and you scan and you're like, how many women are in this room? How many gender minorities? How many people of color? Because that's the lens through which we all operate. When we're talking about equity, first thing we have to do is make sure, are we in the right rooms? Are we surrounding right. ourselves with the right people, right? <laughs> right. And I, I'm going to squirrel a little bit here because this is what I do. <laughs> but when I, go, when, I, when I attend like more national angel conferences or things like that, um, I get a lot of people that come up to me that might be managing groups, you know, elsewhere in the country. And they'll be like, we really need to get more women in our group. How do you do that? You know, you run. And I said, and my, my response is always, well, you just can't insert them. Right. Like again, the, the statistics show that until you have at least three people of the same I don't know whether it's ethnic or gender background or whatever it might be. People are uncomfortable. And, um, you know, sometimes I laugh when I get, when I get men in women's capital connection meetings and they're the only guy you can, you can sense the uncomfortableness. (laughs) You can But the thing is, it's kind it's kind of like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She has that quote, when there are nine, like and, and when she's talking about the Supreme Court. And she says, you know, nobody questioned it when there were nine men on the Supreme Court. Right. And I, I kind of feel that way about leadership teams and rooms. Like I I think that gender equity is something really, really great to shoot for. But the fact is, like, if we walked into when we walk into rooms as women. We already know that in most cases, we are occupying rooms that in spaces that were not built for us, right? And so when you see right. that discomfort flipped, it's always so fascinating to me because I'm like, right. if I as a woman was hesitant to walk into a room that was fully populated by dudes, I would be in big trouble. I would never go anywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. I know, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's well, true. 
you know, really yeah. Quickly, I want to pop in here and I want to just let you know, like we're talking about creating supportive spaces and we're talking about, you know, how do we make sure that we're in the right rooms? And one of the ways as a, as a startup founder, one of the ways that you can get yourself into the right room is you can talk to full scale. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io or click the show notes to learn more. And friends, just a reminder, we are here with Kelly Seavers, Managing Director of Women's Capital Connection, a partner of 1KC for Women. And we're talking about one of my, my favorite things to talk about, even though I wish there wasn't a need to talk about it at all. But we're talking about gender equity, uh, particularly in the in the startup space. And so, so Kelly, I do want to make sure to ask you, you brought up something really, really interesting. You know, you talked about the fact that you can't just plug and play with women in leadership, right? You can't just be like, we want women on our team. And then you get women on your team. You actually have to make sure that you have prepared your culture for that, that influx of new ideas and new perspectives that women bring to the table. And so that's actually what I want to drill down on with, uh, with you. I want to ask you, what are some ways that organizations can prepare themselves for gender equity and make sure that they're creating a supportive space for women leaders? Oh, that's a tough question, Lauren. Um, again, and I was so blessed truly to grow up and not feel like I needed to do things differently because I was a girl. Your you know, dad and I'm a so awesome. <laughs> he was. I mean, he really, really was. And um, but not a lot of people are that fortunate, honestly. Yeah. And um, so I think it's, you know, I think each generation is getting better. I'm going to be honest with you. I really do. And um, I'm going to I'm going to tell a story that. Um, I hope nobody takes out of context, but I just remember, so I have daughters, I have two daughters that are 30 and 26. And, um, I remember talking to one of my daughters in, and when they were in high school and they were telling me about this guy and we was doing this and they were talking to him. And I mean, it was a very positive, upbeat, general conversation or whatever, and I kind of remembered, you know, who that was, but I said, oh, is that that tall black guy? And, and she looked at me and she just kind of thought for a minute and she goes, oh yeah, he is black. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like not a, it was not a descriptor she had of him. Yeah. And again, I just, even though I was just, it was a general descriptor for me because I was just trying to figure out who that was, Yeah. but she didn't even think of that. And I'm like, yay, you, you know, it was like, she didn't even, That's that was a baby. <laughs> it's huge progress. I know that sounds kind of, it's a weird story, but it, 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 it comes back to me a lot because that is huge progress. Yeah. And, um, even like from my dad. So I will say my dad ran a manufacturing plant one time and, or like he was the CEO of this big manufacturing plant. And I remember him saying, uh, that there was, they had done a time study on their line, on their production line or whatever it is. 
and and again, my dad, who's very, very not gender biased at all, but he was like telling me about it. He goes, yeah. And, the, and this, and this gal came in to do this study almost like it was like, and he thought she did a really great job. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like going, okay, you were You're surprised. Like, well, yes. <laughs> he was surprised. I know. <laughs> she, was, she was a girl that she did a good job. Like, I don't think he, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have told the story that way, meaning like I'm another generation, right? And yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have told that story that way. Yeah. And then I go to my kids who have a different I think each generation is getting better to come back in a long-winded answer to your question in that I truly don't think I look at my daughters even in what they're doing now and I don't think they just don't seem to care if people are of a different race, if people are of a different gender, of people are, they just, it just doesn't seem to be a, a part of how they think. Yeah. And, and I love that. I absolutely love that. So I have a, I have a lovely story. This was actually super gratifying for me. And I think you'll appreciate it as well. But um, a while back, we did a panel discussion with Keystone and it was uh, a living history of Kansas City professional women. And, and so what we did was I moderated and we lined up a woman from every generation going back to, um, oh my gosh, uh, we went to Zennials, we had a millennial, we had, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of Teresa Garza's generation. It's the generation after the baby boomers. <laughs> the next. What's that? Gen I can't remember X. the name of the generation. It's totally escaping me. But it oh, the greatest generation was yeah. That was greatest generation, baby boomers, the question mark. Gen X, Gen X. Gen X, Gen, yeah. Millennials. And then I think right now we're on what Gen Z. But at any rate, we I had lined them up in in reverse order. And what was interesting is I, I asked, you know, what are some of the challenges that you experienced as a woman? And we started with Teresa, who was the the, the most wisdomous member of the panel, and she'd seen some <laughs> stuff. But she she shared her stories, and then as we got closer, every single woman who spoke had less and less to say about the challenges and barriers that they had received that were gendered. I mean, of course, you know. Everybody experiences those those blockers and the all of the you know challenges and things like that. But by the time we got to Mar Marisol Rivas, who was the representation for the Generation Z uh, and Generation Alpha, she was like, "I haven't really experienced anything." And I was like, "That is a totally valid response, and that's exactly yeah. what we're shooting for. That's excellent." I'm so I glad love that. <laughs> But yeah, I each progressive it. generation just had less and less to say. And it was just really, really beautiful to see. And it oh, understands the point that you're making. <laughs> it's very inspiring. It really is. And it's like, I mean, and again, it's kind of going back to, um, to again, with my, my dad being my biggest supporter. But, you know, I think it's just on, you know, some, I think, you know, the statistics again show that like what women have to be asked seven times to run for office because yep. they don't feel like if they don't have a hundred percent of, of the qualifications, they're just not even going to attempt it. Right. And, and we, we, as women have to get over that. We have to get past that. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I understand we all have our challenges and we just have to persevere through it because it's, 
we have to be our own best supporters. And I think that a lot of times people, and I, I challenge myself with this pretty much on a daily basis. I, I cannot stand to be around negative people. I'm like, you yeah. can, you can switch that around. I mean, I get that, you know, people go through tough times and people have to be supportive of them with that. But to constantly talk to people and they just constantly are finding all the things wrong with things and why they can't get it done and why they can't, why it isn't going to happen to them. I, I just, I just choose to distance myself from those folks. And, um, I need to find people that are, but we need to support each other as women too, and not, you know, and not bring other women down. And here's, here's a controversial thing I do too in, in, um, just in, in supporting women, not always in the equity space, but women who really, um, are starting up businesses and want to grow their businesses. I always tell everybody it, what is your version of success and be good with that because there's so much noise around around that so much noise and people i remember when i had my store on the plaza everybody would come in and say when are you going to open another location when are you going to expand to here when are you going to do that and i always kind of i i'm just like you know what i don't really i don't feel like that is what my version of success is. Yeah. And I was really, it was really hard for me because I had a lot of noise and a lot of people coming at me like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And, and I'm like, just, I mean, if your version of success is to just make enough money each year to go on a great trip, or you just want to have purpose in life, or what is your version of success and be good with that. Don't constantly get people challenging you like that's not enough and people sometimes say why aren't there more women that are ceos of large companies and 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 i just again this is my opinion only but i think a lot of them that's not their version of success and it's not what they want to do and um many men many women get into business because that's one thing in their life that they want to do well. Yeah. It's not the end all. It's not, I'm going to, I'm going to myopically focus on growing a big business wherever the fallout is elsewhere. I mean, most women don't think that way. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. That's, <laughs> just, that is okay. Now I, I do want to just, you know, there, there's a caveat in there. And I think that Kelly, I'm going to speak for you just a little bit and, you know, disagreed, you're free to disagree. But I think that one of the, the real kind of myths or misunderstandings around the women's equity space is the fact that we all want women to be these high performing, super high achieving, you know, working 80 hours a week. Kind of, and it's like, no, that's not actually what what we're shooting for here as people who are invested in women's equity. I had a, I was on social media a while back and there was this big controversy happening around uh, women wearing hijab in sports. Do you remember this conversation? Like it, it, it was do. a big deal. And I was, I made a comment and I, and I happened to mention, like, I work for an organization that supports professional women. And, and so this person comes in the comments and he's like, 
well, if you are truly a women's advocate, then you don't, you shouldn't want women to wear hijab because that's, you know, a patriarchal society telling, and I was like, ah, 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 ah. if you think <laughs> that I am here to tell a woman what she should or should not do to feel closer to God, then you don't understand why I'm here and what I'm all about. What I'm all about is choice. I never want a woman who wants to achieve and wants to be a startup founder. I never want her to feel limited by her environment. I only want her to, to feel limited by her own needs, wants, and desires. If this is not what you want, then you don't have to. I have so much respect for the stay-at-home mom. I don't want to eradicate stay-at-home moms, but I just want to make sure that every woman out there has the choice that is only powered by her to be a stay-at-home mom or not. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, I, I, I do a hundred percent agree with you. I also tell people too, if you are here to focus on running a huge business and that's your goal, I'm here to help you with that too. Heck yeah. You know, it's like, it's just about what you, what you decide again, what your version of success is. I yeah. mean, you, you be good with that. And because it's really hard, I mean, it's really difficult, I think for all people, but it's very difficult when so many people are kind of like, you know, oh my God, you can do so much more, you know, you can do so much more, or you could do this, you know, different and all this stuff. It's like, I'm, I'm, I want to be good with what I, what I'm, you know, my choice, like you said, I want to yeah. be good with that. And I think it's really, you have to really dig and be good with that. And I, and yeah. that's hard. I think it's hard because it, it, we have this society that just, you know, has its own version, I think of success and things right. like that too, that we need to be, we need to be pretty confident in ourselves. And I think that's, I'm, I, again, I think, like you said, each generation is just getting so much better with all of this, men included. I mean, yeah. men included. I'm saying that men are just, there's so many men out there. Again, I look at, you know, and men in my generation, but men in the generations after me and, and everybody's just so much more, they, they don't, they don't see, they don't see the differences. They try to see the, the, you know, how can we all do figure this out together? Right. I mean, yeah. again, the basics of a piece of the pie and I go back to my equity stuff, but a piece of the pie is much, a, a little piece of something ginormous is much better than a big piece of nothing. Yeah. Well, and I, to your earlier point, like I, I do think that there is some responsibility on us as women to, to change that narrative um, so that quote or that statistic that you gave, women need to be asked seven times to run for office. So something that I do periodically when I meet a woman who mentions potentially being interested in running for office, one of the things I do is I'll be like, you should run for office. Will you run for office? And I'll do it seven times. <laughs> and I'm like, there, you've been asked seven times to run for office. Now right. go forth and prosper. Have fun. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, I know that mental blocker is often in there and I'm just like, let's speak to it. Let's just get it out of the way. But right. we as women have to have to take on that responsibility and say, hey, you know, I need to every successive generation has worked to bring women to success. How do we help women thrive? And so I am 
always hyper aware and so grateful for women of your generation and each generation that came before mine, because it is the, you are the only reason that I am able to do the work that I do today. And I talk about this all the time. People are, are always like, oh, you're doing such amazing work. And I'm like, well, yes, that's true. But I am building this amazing work on the backs of women, the blood, sweat, and tears of the women who came before, you know, and each we're, we're building, we, we have a strong foundation. How do we move forward? And so, so hats off to you, my friends, for being a part of that, of changing that narrative so that people like me can come up behind and be like, all right, let's do cleanup. What else we got to do? What's next? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a, yeah. definitely a progressive thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, it just, it, it, I think it just takes, it takes both. And again, I look at it from the gender part, but it takes both men and women. It does to really yeah. understand sometimes and to approach men and women approach things very differently. And yeah. I think that's wonderful. I do. It's like, I, I truly respect, you know, sometimes I can get off on tangents and I can have you know, I can have somebody, I can have a guy be like, man, that's, that's too much. Stop. You know, you need to, <laughs> whatever it is. And I need, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just, I just really appreciate, um, the dynamics that, that different perspectives bring. Yeah. It's really important. It's very important in business. I mean, it really is. It's like, you know, when, especially folks that come from more of a corporate environment or whatever it might be, it's like you just you you might have a little department or a group that you bounce things off of, but when you have your own company, you know you just you 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 have to. I, the best thing is you get to make all the decisions. The toughest thing is you have to make all the decisions. So yeah. you have to you have to learn how to I don't know how to look at things from a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, I think. I well, do. And I think it's helpful when there's men and women involved. Absolutely. And I mean, some, some of Innovator's greatest supporters and champions have been men. And so, so this, oh, yes. is, this, this show, Lauren's episodes of the show are not the she woman man haters club. Like we love guys around here. The only reason I'm here is because at points in my journey, I had people who believed in me and that includes a lot of men. You know, and, and, and so when I see men who are just great allies and co-conspirators, like, yeah, let's have more of that. Let's give you the, the applause and the kudos that you deserve as well. Um, now, I, I hate to say this, and, and speaking of tangents, I'm going to take us a little bit out here because we, we have come to time. We've, we're actually going a little bit over time, and I'm not shocked because I knew that I really wanted to talk to Kelly. But I have a human question for you. Kelly, are you ready? <laughs> Oh, as I'll ever be, Lauren. Well, and I, I picked one and it's, all right, I got this one. We'll see how you feel about it. If not, I can go back to the drawing board. But uh, what is your favorite word? Uh, my favorite word would have to be something positive, but I'm trying to think of Uh, so I, I will be perfectly honest and I'm going to, I'm going to answer this question while you're thinking about it. And I will tell you that, uh, there is a reason that we have explicit written on the startup hustle podcast, like wherever we post it, we say explicit because, uh, 
some listeners of the show will not come as a surprise to you that my favorite word is fuck. <laughs> and it's because it's such an expressive word. I just love it. Like there is no other word in the English language that is so expressive. And you can use it in so many different contexts in so many different ways. And I just think it's a fabulous word. But that being uh, said, Kelly, you you are more than welcome to come up with a, one that's a little bit more PG. <laughs> oh, but I can't, you know, Lauren, you did, I'm, I'm not extremely creative. I'm going to get off the show and be like, oh, there was my yeah, it was the way. two in the morning. You're going to like bolt up right and be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right, how, how, we'll, we'll try another one. Uh, yeah. You actually, right. this is one of my favorite questions and I've asked it before, but I'm going to ask it again. If you could have any superpower, what would you have? You've got um, invisibility, the ability to fly, uh, mind reading. I would be a mind reader, by the way. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I don't mean to be, get on the bandwagon there, but I would say, yes, that would be me. <laughs> yes. So we I can, have, we can have our own little, little takeover yeah. the world thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, yeah. Love I it. love that. I do. <laughs> that would be my superpower would be to read minds because then I think you can, you can be more effective with people too, right? Influence people and come right. Yes. Level. My husband's like, is it because you want to manipulate people? And I'm like, no, no. it's because no. I want to, no. to positively influence them to make the correct decisions. And he's like, yes. yeah, potato, potato. Uh <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big love languages believer. Let's put it that way. So yeah. it is about reading minds and knowing what people, what, you know, what motivates them, right? Meeting people at their level. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, well, thank you so much, Kelly. It has been, of course, a joy. Like you're talking, we're talking about some of my favorite things to, well, favorite things in that I enjoy talking about them. But again, I wish that they weren't necessary. Um, but you know, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. <laughs> oh, of course. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and Another thing that is wonderful, my friends, is of course, FullScale. If you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. And friends, I feel like I close out the show beating a dead horse, but I'm going to do it again. You're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, reach out to us. We Startup Hustle is a show by founders for founders. We do this work for you. We want to have conversations that are meaningful and helpful to you. And so I'm going to ask you, tell us what you want to hear. You can go to startuphustle.xyz. That's our website. Suggest guests, suggest, suggest topics, ask questions. You can find us on social media. We've got Startup Hustle Chat on Facebook. We've got LinkedIn, TikTok all of those social media platforms. And I'm just going to ask you, if you like the show, help us out, help us make it better, help us speak to you and talk about topics that are going to help you thrive as a founder. Reach out to us. Come find me on LinkedIn. I will take those those ideas as well. Happy to pass them along to our producers. But the point being, we want to hear what you want to hear. And I invite you to do that. We are extraordinarily grateful that you come back to us week after week and listen. Please keep doing so. And we will catch you next time. Hey, Ch Lauren. Yeah. Yes. Can you add on this here? I don't know if you can, but to check into 1KC for women, 
we have lots of great opportunities for um, for education um, in in the equity space and yeah. for fundraising for women. I just want to really add that in there because there's a lot of really good opportunities through. Oh, of course. Well, in, in, innovate her, and, and we are still recording, but uh, we I, I definitely invite the women out there check out One KC for Women. They have a lot of really fantastic programs: the Women's Business Center, Women's Capital Connection. Um, what what am I missing, Kelly? What else? We, what else we got? Uh, well, we have a We Lend initiative. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, Women Leadership Initiative and um, just lots of opportunities in the equity space, also in starting your business and opportunities for just learning a lot about um, about how women in business. Absolutely. And we will definitely put some of we'll definitely put some links down in the show notes for you to check out for sure. But but check out Kelly. Keep checking out Startup Hustle. And like I said, we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.